Hey, it's Christoph here. Really quick, before we get started, I want you to think about something that you are working through right now. Something that's important to you, but it's also not going to be something that's achieved overnight. Once you've done that, keep it in mind as you listen on. Now let's get to the show. Life is the story of our journey. Everything from how we grew up to what we learned, what our dreams are, our milestones, into our successes. It's about everything we experience and how it shaped us. Of course, what comes with that are the challenges, the trials and tribulations, and the hardships. As a social species, when we communicate with each other, we have the tendency to prefer sharing and receiving positive news and information. When someone asks how I'm doing, I say I'm fine. Yeah, I woke up and missed my flight, but when I was rushing out the door, I spilled coffee on my back, and I forgot to charge my phone last night, and I almost avoided getting Social Security the 10 robocalls Social I got this past hour, but that's okay, because I left my umbrella at home when it was raining, giving me the perfect opportunity to burn the food I cooked. I also stepped in dog shit. I'm fine. We want the good, but not the bad. We don't talk about the bad. We don't post it on social media. It makes us uncomfortable and scared. This isn't by mistake though. Our brains are actually wired to avoid things we deem bad as a safety measure. But as you and I already know, misfortune is quite inescapable. Challenges and rough patches are inevitable. Well, hey, what is good luck if bad luck never existed, right? It actually makes you think. We try to maximize on the good in life and minimize the bad. Even when the bad comes, we do what it takes to get rid of the bad and keep moving forward. Think about that for a second. You, listening to this right now, have survived every ounce of misfortune that has came your way since you were born. That alone is an incredible achievement. So in this episode, I want to discuss just that. Finding the light at the end of the tunnel and finding the positives in what can seem like a negative situation. Let's first talk about what makes a bad situation. Simply put, it's something that makes us feel bad. It feels unpleasant, uncomfortable, or it puts us in danger. Perhaps an even simpler way to think about it is that it's the things that get in the way of the good that we strive for. On most days, we're actively working towards something. You might be working to learn a new baking recipe, or to raise a new garden, or even to get stronger at the gym. The reason you likely start is because you can already envision yourself at the end, watering your petunias with your toned shoulders and all. You can see the benefit from your actions and efforts. But the point I'm getting at here is that you've already set your mind on what you'll get out of your effort before you've started. You know what happens in between is going to take some work because, well, if it didn't, then you would have already made the achievement. You might have your first batch or two of flowers die from forgetting to water them, you might mix up your teaspoons and tablespoons when baking. I'm guilty of both, by the way. But what's important to understand is that this is essentially what you've signed up for. After some period of time, you will have a beautiful garden that all your friends can marvel at while they indulge in a slice of your elegantly and freshly baked cherry pie. Okay, stay with me now. This is what you want to hold on to. The goal is your reason for investing the time, the energy, and the resources. It's the difference between you today and you tomorrow. You are going to be more talented and wiser than you were previously. You could also be working for something for the benefit of someone else. For a sibling, your elders, the kids at your church, maybe even your dog. 
Seeing that smile on someone else's face gives an unmatched feeling of satisfaction. We'll discuss the act of setting goals in another episode, but what I want you to focus on right now is that the goal you set for yourself is the first drop of fuel in the tank that gets the engine started and the wheels rolling. Hopefully by now, you'll want to fall in love with your goal. But let's also take a moment to think about what it takes to also fall in love with the journey getting there. Oftentimes we hear a lot about setting goals. We're taught that it's the key to accomplish something in life. It makes sense, and goal setting is a great practice to pick up. Many goals, however, will require what I like to call a lifestyle change in order to be successful. Let's take reading, for example. I recently received a couple books as gifts that I'd like to start diving into for the lessons I can learn from the author. Therefore, I want to set the goal of reading three books. I currently don't read because I don't have the time built into my day to read for that long. So, to achieve my goal, I need to make a lifestyle change that allows me to read for about 30 minutes a day. Say I do it before I go to sleep at night. Now, I'm aiming to read three books. That's what's important to me. After a few weeks though, I notice that the mental wind down at the end of the day actually helps me sleep better. I also find a great sense of satisfaction knowing that I've accomplished something. Even as small as reading a chapter makes the day a success. From there, I'm inspired to read longer or find more books to add to my catalog for later reading. This is falling in love with the process or the journey. It's a lifestyle change that extends beyond the milestone, beyond the goal of reading three books. The positive changes become a part of who I am rather than a part of the things I've done in the past. Thinking about this as you push through your own challenges and ventures can put into perspective how much you're really getting out of the work that you do. This is a great point to take us into our final idea here, which is finding the positives in a tough situation. About three years ago, I was living in Oregon for a couple of months. It was my first long-term stay over on the West Coast, so I'm navigating through living over there, being far away from home. I made some friends over there, and we'd go out pretty often whenever we had the chance. There was this one time, however, things didn't quite go as planned. My commute into the city was pretty long by train, so I would usually take a backpack with my computer to get some work done. When I met up with everyone, I stashed my bag in one guy's car so we could head over to this amazing rooftop bar. They had this jacuzzi on top and really good music and great drinks. Great start to the night. We hung out there for a couple of hours and we started hitting up different places around town. Eventually, after a solid outing, we decided to head home. When we got to the car, one of my friends saw that the window was down and my bag was gone. A thief had stolen my backpack and all of the belongings inside. My camera, my computer, and even my house keys. I laid there in the street, writhing in agony. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before. I went home feeling distraught and defeated. I also felt really insecure for the remainder of my time out there too because I was so far away from home. The first two days were the hardest trying to process everything that happened, but at the end of the day, I still had a job to do and a life to live, so I did my best to push through it all. After about the first week or so, I started a dialogue internally with myself. The emotions I had been going through were painful beyond belief, but I couldn't let myself live like this forever. I had to channel some positivity from this. As bad as this was, I needed it to fuel me and kickstart something great to compensate for the suffering I had just been through. After the third week, I had told myself that, with so much time ahead of me, I should, rather, 
I must get to a point in life where even if I had my camera, my computer, and everything else, it wouldn't matter because of how well I was doing once I got to that point. That was the commitment I made. I had no plan, no resources to make it happen. I simply accepted the fact that me getting robbed meant that it was certain, it was destiny, that after some amount of time meant that I would come back better and come back stronger. After that point, I noticed that I genuinely began to work harder and get more serious about the opportunities that came my way. Looking back on that moment three years ago, it doesn't put a smile on my face. But when I think about the growth I've had over the years since, I can take pride in what I've been able to do for myself. As you work or dig your way through the trenches of life's lowlights, I urge you to consider the results that you would like to see once you make it to the other side. The light at the end of the tunnel reassures that whatever you're going through right now, you will absolutely end up stronger or better off. Also take opportunities to reflect in between and notice the incremental changes and smaller accomplishments you're making. It's great motivation to keep you going well past your predefined milestones. With that, I thank you for listening to this episode on perseverance, and I hope that maybe you'll push through on and listen to another episode. That said, I'm Christoph, signing off.